Hello, Sarah. Hello, Kim. How you doing? I'm doing really well, actually. How about yourself? I'm I'm a little sleepy. I'm gonna be <laughs> honest. It's, it has been a big week. It is Friday, and it's almost four o'clock, and we are recording. And I'm just my brain is like that I've done this week, but I've got. Brian sitting on the desk next to me and I've got my friend on the other end of this Zoom call. So all is all is well. Good, good. Yeah, we have both been pretty busy this summer. We've oh, yeah. shared about some of that. And then we both are on new adventures. Big life changes. Yes. So we, we thought we, we would need like a sting to play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your singing. Carry on. Um, I was I was attempting to sing. You need to apologize to our listeners because now they're going to miss that musical performance. But fine, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I th- we thought we'd just uh, kind of share where we are in our respective journeys right now, and maybe get some feedback. Maybe get some collaborators out there. Oh yes, please. That'd be great. Kim, start us off. What are you doing? What's your new your new adventure? Oh well, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what I wrapped up. Oh, great. Yeah. Can I do that first? Mm-hmm. Because I've done a lot of writing this week in preparation for getting all my thoughts out about what's happened so I can prepare for the new thing. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. So first thing that I wanted to talk about was the lessons I learned from the summer programs that we offered, the Summer Spark and Biomed Tech Girls and the CS Institute. All are programs that are near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. They're your babies. They're my babies. And, you know, they've been in person (laughs) for years. Mm -hmm. And so putting them online, I really, well, as I wrote in my blog post, which I will share as a resource, like I thought this was going to be the summer of my discontent. (laughs) I just wasn't looking forward to it. I, you know, whatever. I just was like, okay, I just have to slog through this, but it wasn't something I was looking forward to. And you know me, I, I like to get out of my comfort zone. I like mm-hmm. to think of myself as a lifelong learner, but I just wasn't interested in putting those things into practice this summer. Luckily, I had no choice <laughs> <laughs> because these things were going to happen. And I tell you, I am so glad that they did, not for the circumstances, but for what happened, how we were able to pivot, how we were able to make the most of it. I really appreciate. And so I I learned four big lessons. One is really one I knew already and that that students crave the opportunity to do do meaningful work. Mm. And this came forward so much so because to run the programs the way we did, we had to have so many student volunteers, like they really had to take ownership and step up and like run things, create things, do things. And they did. And they were so glad to have that opportunity because there wasn't really much else going on for them. It reminds them that they're a part of the world at a time where they're feeling a little isolated. I feel like everybody, that's why I love meeting and recording with you. It like reminds me that I'm a person outside of my house. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is that online experiences can be fun and engaging. So I know we've both done some distance learning leading up to the summer and there was some definitely some good experiences there, but there was also some, you know, not so great experiences. And just, you know, Zoom fatigue is a thing. And we just did not want to have that experience for the summer. But really, Zach Minster, my colleague, and his students created this fantastic platform for us to use that 
included having some Zoom calls, but it wasn't just that. It hosted content for the students. It hosted challenges. It hosted chat boards and a place where they could share their work. And I just really think that there's not a system out there like it. You know, there's things like Canvas and other ways that are more being used by bigger, you know, entities and stuff. But having this custom platform that was created for us was really amazing. And we have met some of those students and Zach Minster himself on the podcast before. And so if you listen to our Brahanu episode, then you know that Brahanu was one of the brilliant minds at work. I'm Zach, that was our double Zach day. Remember double oh, Zach? Oh, yeah, yeah. Was. <laughs> Zach was one of the students working on it. So I, I love hearing you talk about what a great job these students did and knowing that our audience knows them and knows how brilliant they are. And I just think that's such a cool connection. Yeah, thank you for reminding the third thing is that going online can open the door for greater diversity. And this was one I did not expect. You know, we decided to go online. We also, we also made everything free, which I'm sure had something to do with it. Mm. But our diversity numbers were incredible, really reversing some of the trends that we have seen. And, you know, we work really hard on our diversity numbers. That's something that we care a lot about. But it, it's just a slow-moving target, and it takes a lot of effort. And we were proud of where we were, but these programs, man, they just open it up, not only from students that are normally uh, underrepresented in our programs, but then from all over the United States and even the world. Oh, that's such a great life lesson. Like, no matter what the fee is, having a fee is a barrier, and it, it, it just... Even for people where financially it's not an issue, having to put your credit card information in can just be a mental barrier. And so having something, I know it's not easy to create something that's free and open source, but hearing you say that, it's to me, it's like, yes, everything, <laughs> like you want all of these voices at the table and you want different people in from different places. And you and, and we should note that it's not easy to create programming like this for free. And the only reason it's available is because of Kim and who she is and who she knows and how hard she works and hustles to make that happen. And so you put in the work to make this a resource that was equitable and available to everyone. And so it's great to see you reaping the benefits because that you worked hard for it and that's well-deserved. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, and so actually that leads to my fourth one, which is acknowledging our history of race and embracing equitable teaching strategies is key. And, you know, we knew that, but I think this has really been the summer of my unlearning of uh, history of race in our country. Mm -hmm. And um, that has bled into sort of everything I've been doing, which I think it should have been earlier than this, but I'm getting there. And I feel like part of the CS Institute, we had Dr. Luther Takanovich who has been doing a lot of equity work in computer science. And he came again, he was there last year. I remember. Yeah, he came again yeah. and did some great videos and shared some strategies that we definitely employed in our programming. So yeah, that just was a really important tool that we had. I like hearing you talk about that. And I actually really appreciate hearing you saying that you feel like you're behind it. You have so much more to learn. Because for me, when I'm looking for partners in my like reflection and growth work, when it comes to being an equitable educator and cultural competency, if I talk to someone and they say, I'm good, like I have learned, I know everything, I'm an expert, that is a person that I don't want to work with. <laughs> you know, I want people that are learning and growing and recognizing that how, no matter how much work they've done, there's always more work to do. 
And so I heard you say that and I was like, oh, that's why we're friends. Okay. <laughs> right, <laughs> I get right. it now. <laughs> well, I feel like as, as long as, you know, it's still a problem, then we haven't learned enough. Yes, I agree. So that's part of my catching up. How about you? Well, I want to hear what you're doing now. You, you like led us to it. Oh. Come on. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I wanted to get those thoughts out because I am starting the EDD uh, education doctorate at the Cray School of Education at UVA. Yeah. And we just had our orientation today. Very so exciting. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Did you get a new backpack and did you have like your, your pencil well, case? It, it is an online, it's an online program, so I don't need a backpack. I am downloading lots of resources. I printed out a bunch of my syllabus, syllabi. I don't know. Syllabu, uh, <laughs> I believe. That's what I would make it. And so I'm like, I'm excited. I'm also you know, a little bit like, oh, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> but uh, mostly really happy. And my advisor is Dr. Jennifer Chu, who was our very first interview on the podcast. So many connections today. I know. And so, you know, I'm just thrilled to be working with her. I'm a, a research assistant and a teaching assistant with her. So yeah, life, life is feeling pretty good right now. You are two rock stars working together towards, uh, do you want to tell listeners a little bit about your goal and why you wanted to go back to school? Like what you're going to be spending time? I, I bet they'll never guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's totally How out of left field. <laughs> Let's see. Computer science, education, and tech girls. Yeah, I felt like I loved my time at St. Anne's and I did, you know, I, I got the opportunity to do so many things, but I kind of felt like I was getting to the, as much as I can contribute there and beyond. So, you know, I'm very interested in taking the lessons I've learned doing computer science integration at STAB and the lessons I've learned getting more girls involved with computer science through tech girls and figuring out how to share those lessons in a wider way so that more and more people can help make computer science education available to everybody. I feel like I have this three years now to really do some study myself and also really get clarity on next steps. That's really exciting. And I love that your goals are so big. I think that is really like, I feel like from the first time I met you, I was like, what are your goals? And you're like, oh, take over the world. <laughs> Duh. Like, obviously. And at the time I was like, oh, that's funny. And now I'm like, no, that, that she's gonna, like, not only is it a goal, but it is very much in sight. Like that is the thing we are taking steps towards, which is, that's just so cool. And I'm, I, I'm so excited for you in this journey and to, to see where it takes you and to get to siphon all of the information and get smarter myself. Well, thank you. And I, yeah, I do hope that I'm a role model for others. Because it also, you know, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken either going into a graduate program. So. Well, I, I know that you are a role model for me. Making change is not easy. I'm a person who likes change and making change is still not easy. And so I, I think I told you that I used to have a post-it up on my desk at work that said WWKD. It's like, <laughs> what would Kim do? Because um, when there's a new op opportunity, you just go for it. And there is no... There's no, oh, am I qualified or am I going to do it right? It's just like, boom, Kim's here. I'm doing it. And you are taking this on with, with similar enthusiasm. And I love that. So speaking of new opportunities, 
Yes. I also said goodbye to my job at St. Anne's Belfield School this summer, which was so bittersweet. I learned so much from my time at the school about education and about myself and had such incredible coworkers and amazing opportunities. The COVID pandemic has had a huge impact on education everywhere. And I learned that my position was probably not going to be the same in the upcoming school year. And I have learned over the past few months that I really enjoy distance learning, online learning, virtual learning, whatever we're going to call it connecting with students online. And around the same time that I realized how much I enjoyed the creativity and the different forms of connections that you make with students, I started to realize that not every teacher felt that way. And so the more I started to kind of get my feet under me and think, wow, this is really cool and I could never do this in person, I found another teacher friend that I had connected with, whether it's in person or on social media saying, I am never going to get this. I miss my classroom. I hate this. And there was a little part of my brain that thought, there's something there. Like maybe that's something that you could do. The thing that I love about being a librarian is building really incredible connections around literature and curiosity and exploration, both with teachers and providing kind of coaching and help to teachers, but also with families. I love connecting with kids. And when kids take a book home, it's a full family experience, whether they're ready for it or not. Because <laughs> when you read a book that's all encompassing, it's your whole life and you want to talk to everybody about it. And so an opportunity came up for me to play a role that would help both teachers and students learning online, learning virtually. And it was such an exciting opportunity to me that I just had to jump at it. it. This job came up and it's a good fit for this particular time. And so I will be acting as the distance learning coordinator for a local independent school for the course of the year. And when I took the job, a lot of people asked me, what is this job? And I had the really fun answer of, well, I don't know yet. The program didn't exist and the position didn't exist. And so my first role in my new job has been to build it. I think I've mentioned that my husband is a small business owner and he likes to talk about how owning a small business is like putting the wheels on the car while it's going down the highway at 60 miles per hour. And, but you're also building the highway. <laughs> and so you don't know where you're going and you don't fully have a complete vehicle to take you there. And I thought I understood that. <laughs> and then I started this job and I realized that I had no idea. So I jumped in with both feet and am learning as I go. Although I am technically a distance learning coordinator, I'm calling myself the professional optimist. We are in a time that is incredibly difficult. It is stressful and difficult for teachers who are learning how to do their job under unbelievably difficult circumstances. Many teachers are teaching students both online and in person at the same time. This concurrent teaching has never happened before. Yeah, I, can't, no, I cannot imagine. Oh my gosh, there's no research on it. There's no best practice. Like we are totally flying blind. And it's also an unbelievably difficult time for families who know that their school communities are the best place for their kids. They want their kids to go and learn and have that social interaction. And they also don't know if it's safe and nobody has any right answers. And so my first few weeks have been a lot of time meeting with teachers and meeting with families and just getting to be a place where they talk about how difficult those things are and share their hopes and their worries 
and the things that they want to see and talk to them about how we can make those things happen is really exciting. I, I love helping people and being able to be a bridge between a school and the community that loves it right now is really exciting for me. It's also a great exercise in exposure therapy <laughs> because I have to say, you know, 20 times a day, I don't know the answer to that, or I don't think we can do that, or I don't think that's possible. And as a teacher, you normally don't want to do that. I, I like being the one that gets to say, of course, let's try it. Let's see what happens. Let's do it. And this is not the age of yes in education. So I, I do think I'm already learning to think differently and to be a little stronger. And I'm learning about the power of connection and the way the power of personal connection occurs online because I am working almost exclusively from home. Although I'm working for a school, it's important to me that if I am working with students who are learning from home, that I am walking the walk and talking the talk. I'm not going to coach middle schoolers on how to be a good student from your living room while sitting in my office. It just doesn't feel authentic to me. And so I am working and learning from home just like they are. And so building these, what feel like very strong, very personal connections with teachers and families over Zoom and Google Meet and through phone calls has really shown me the importance of connection and the fact that it's possible anywhere. It's about humans. It's not about the platform that you're using. It's, we've said all along that the technology is just a tool. And I don't know that I've ever felt more strongly about that than now. You talked about yourself being a bridge. And yeah, I think that that is a huge skill set you brought uh, to St. Anne's as a librarian. And I can definitely see how that would be super helpful and important, especially for families that, you know, are opting to do online and to how you make those connections across an online and a in-person space. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we're scared, we want to feel heard and we want to feel known and loved and valued. And sometimes that just takes someone whose full-time job, I, I'm not going to be teaching during the day. So I can take that phone call and I can answer that email and I can sign on with that kid and say, tell me about what scares you. And that must've been really frustrating. And when you saw your friend, how did that make you feel? And that's a part of my job. I love social emotional work. And uh, I, I look forward to exercising that more and learning more about that. It's been a lot of deep listening, which is another skill that I learned thanks to professional development from St. Anne's Belfield. And so I have been using that nonstop. Everybody deserves to have an amazing school experience and to know that people are thinking about them and love them, especially if they're not in the room and they can't see it. You know, those people need a little bit of extra and they deserve that. So it's cool to think about myself being that. Right now, it's mostly meetings <laughs> and um, like schedules and surveys. And so I look forward to the time where my day will look a little bit more like talking to kids and thinking about lessons and flipped classrooms and things like that. And I know that time is coming, but I'm enjoying the challenge. I'm fighting my imposter syndrome. Do you ever have problems with imposter syndrome, Kim? Um, yes. Yes, I definitely do. Do you have any tips for, and I'm trying to, it, imposter syndrome is when you, for me, it's when you start a new opportunity and you feel like you are not qualified and it doesn't matter how qualified you actually are. It's that feeling of, I don't belong here. I don't know why I thought I was qualified for this. I'm doing it wrong. Everybody else knows what they're doing and I don't. And I definitely struggle with that a lot. And uh, do, you have any, do you have any tips to share? 
Well, ironically, one of the things that I do when I feel that way is I just lean into it. Like I, I, I know now, and I didn't used to, like that wasn't my first. <laughs> Your first instinct wasn't my, to lean in. Yeah, probably wasn't my first instinct. But now I know that when that feeling comes up, that is, you know, there's something there that I need to lean into and just not go away from the problem or shy away from trying something new, but like, okay, I'm going to lean into this and, and really figure it out. What if there's no right answers? That's <laughs> right now. I'm like, okay, I'll lean in, but nobody knows what's happening. But you know, finding, but, but finding think, comfort with that is, is exactly good. like yeah. you're, you're, you just said it, there is no expert in this situation right now. So you are going to become an expert by living through it. But yeah, also knowing that you're not the expert and there's no expert. And so you have to kind of build those skills as you go. The lessons that you've taught me about being comfortable, being uncomfortable and being okay with not knowing and being comfortable saying, I don't know, those things are coming into play a million times a day. So I have my like mental WWKD post-it happening, even (laughs) if I'm not at my old desk anymore, because being comfortable, not being the expert is, I think that's where we all need to be right now. Yeah, for sure. And I think that we have so much to learn from each other. And that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to just in these little orientation meetings today, they put us in breakout rooms. And this is not my favorite thing, actually, Sarah, (laughs) is to be put in a random breakout room (laughs) and wonder, you know, what I'm going to say and what's going to happen. But they've all been great. And I've met some really amazing people already. And so I'm really looking forward to new ideas, because I think one of the things that can happen, especially if you're working from home, is you feel a little isolated, right? So getting those opportunities and, you know, yeah, being willing to be like, okay, I don't, getting into breakout rooms is not something I think I like, or it's not my natural state of being, but just making myself do it because I know that on the other side, I'll usually have a good experience. I'll have a great experience. It's, ooh, that's tough. I've been leaning into my introverted side hard since March and I'm kind of a homebody. I like being home. It doesn't bother me. You said breakout rooms and I was like, oh, introvert nightmare. It's like small talk forever, which is not my strong point, but uh, it does make you look at connection differently for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're going to have a weekend coming up here where we can take a deep breath before we dive in. (laughs) Yes. And listeners, if there's anything new going on with you, I know there's a lot of people starting new adventures and taking new steps right now, whether by choice or because of circumstances outside of your control. So If you are also taking a risk or feeling a little unsure or starting a new step, I'd love to hear about it, to hear what's going on with you. For sure. And we'd love to have you as a guest to tell us about your adventures. Yes. Come join us on Once Upon a Tech. We have so much that we want to ask you already. I already have 15 questions. I don't even know who you are yet. (laughs) It's a very Sarah thing. (laughs) Thanks for joining us as we catch you up on what's going up with uh, going on with us and uh, maybe explain why we've been a little quieter than usual recently. (laughs) Here, not not elsewhere. (laughs) Oh no, still very loud. Yeah, Yeah, very. Lots of questions. All right. Well, until next time. Tech, love, and happiness.